latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and this week I'm joined by the Oklahoma State duo of Alexi Bulwark and Jake Carlson as we discuss uh, college football from the last weekend, preview the Oklahoma State versus Texas game, and um, also talk about, uh, you know, some MLB playoffs too. And we are joined as well here by the one, the only, uh, Walter Agnich joins us here as well. Um, Walter Oski first here since I randomly just added you to the Zoom call last second. How's it going? Hey, oh, hey, thanks. I'm here to catch up. Oh, yeah. uh, nope. Uh, looks like OSU guys here. Or Nope, yeah. maybe not. Are we here to yeah. preview UCO OSU men's basketball? We we can definitely talk about that. We'll have you on yeah, as long okay. as you can join us for, Walter. But uh, we're talking about college football. Um, yeah, recapping the OSU. Uh, excuse me, recapping the... OU versus Texas game, and then the Oklahoma State-Texas game this weekend, previewing it, and then talking some MLB, too. But, Walter, the floor is yours, actually. I'll let you have this one. Do you think OSU is going to murder UCO in basketball on the November 5th exhibition game or not? Yeah, no, I'm trying to check the tickets, trying to get single-game tickets. Uh, Yeah, no, it's not happening. Uh, UCO is coming into Stillwater. Uh, they they're calling an exhibition just because OSU is afraid to have the loss on the record. So uh, once again, my uh, my opinion hasn't changed. UCO will come in, roll chose, uh, probably win 15 points. Jake, do you want to take it away here? How badly Oklahoma State will beat the non power five or division one basketball team in UCO in basketball? I, I just have a question. Has UCO not figured out that a broncho is not a real thing? Uh, actually, rural chose. Uh, it is a real thing. Uh, president's uh, wife preferred that term instead of bronco, preferred the CHO. I'm glad she did. Uh, it gives us a, a little special character, rural chose. All right. He's just sticking with it. Uh, Alexi, do you yeah. want to tell Close him? Up. I don't know. I've been telling Walter here for weeks that Oklahoma State will just roll over UCO, and he has not yet changed his mind or tune whatsoever. Yeah, it depends if they feel like blowing them out or not. I mean, they can, it, it depends. They Obviously, they'll have most of the talent on the floor, so if they're ready to go, they should win by like 40 at least. Yeah, Lexi, I like your game. I uh, love doing pick and rolls with you, love playing with you, but uh, that's <laughs> fake news. That's incorrect. <laughs> fake news. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, well, Walter, we'll get to our score predictions as we get closer to that game. In the meantime, though, there's been a much more important um, football game coming up here this week in Oklahoma State versus Texas. But I got to say, Texas did not look the greatest against OU. I mean, neither defense for OU or Texas was stopping a nosebleed, especially there in the second half for Texas. And I got to think it rolls on to this game here. Coming up this weekend, except for can Oklahoma State's offense score enough to stay in the game? Jake, I'll ask you first here. Do you do you have trust that we can actually like stay in the game? Um, like score yes. enough to stay in it? Yeah, and it's mostly because I don't think our defense is going to allow as many points. And I will say, I was in Jersey during OU Texas when Texas was winning like 41 to 20 and I was going to put money on OU at plus 500 to come back and win. And the bet did not go through. This is an internet connectivity issue. It was a could not find my location issue Uh, because I was in Jersey city right across the water. And, um, yeah. That sucks. So, but yeah, I think we should be able to score enough. I don't think te- Texas is, their defense is pretty bad. So, well, well I mean, look here, the, the blueprints out on Texas defense. It's, it's Arkansas has done it. No, he's done it. It's just run. Spencer Sanders is going to have to get involved in the run game. Um, and, is, and it, they're just, they're up front and, and running off to the sides. I mean, the direct snaps to Kennedy Brooks led to two touchdowns. Um, it's easy. Just you're gonna you're gonna have to run against Texas, and I think triple that's really option. the blue, your triple option. I think that's really the um, the success to beating Texas. Just some quick stats here as I looked it up. 
Oklahoma State has scored 17 touchdowns on the season. Texas, anyone want to take a guess how many they've scored on the season? This is a whole team, offensive, defensive, etc. 25. Oh, <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Jake? 25. 45. They've scored 45 touchdowns. And they scored 70 against Texas Tech, so that was... <laughs> and I think they scored 60 against Rice. Yeah, yeah they, they played lesser opponents than us, for sure. I I like our ability to and hold them. And they have more losses. They, they do. Also true. Also true. They have two more losses than we do. Um, I like that we we stand a good chance of staying in the game because our defense is what you're saying, Jake, of holding them to a fewer amount of points. I don't think our offense can keep up with their offense, though, if it becomes a shootout. Alexi, do you have... What, what, what yeah. are you thinking here? Yeah. Honestly, OSU couldn't be coming off a better time to be facing Texas right now. They're... Texas just played OU in that emotional game. I thought win or lose, we were going to get Texas at a perfect time. Uh, we're coming off a bye week, so we're going to be fresh. We're going to be rested. Uh, I, I think we have the advantage. Vegas might not think so. Vegas thinks we're five and a half point dogs last I saw. But, man, if, if, I would definitely take the points all day it's in that. It's 11 a.m. game. Texas coming off an emotional loss. Um, I mean, a, ter- a terrible loss. They blew one of the worst games in their in their history against OU. So um, as long as OSU executes, that's the biggest thing. Can can the offense be good? Because I'm not worried about the defense. I think the defense can stop Texas on offense. I'm not worried about that at all. It's can Spencer Sanders limit his turnovers and we make the big plays when we need to. So I, I guess I, I, I think we have the advantage going in. We had the bye week. We had more time to prepare, fresh, rested. I think I think I'm pretty confident going into this game. Well, Walter, you're the one OU fan I know that'll still actually join me for a podcast that I haven't just completely um, gotten out of the idea of joining. So what, what are your takes after the game? Do you think Oklahoma State can can beat Texas this weekend? Do you think we see the flaws and can capitalize on them? Yeah, I mean, the OU game is kind of weird because OU's missing their two best uh, cornerbacks. D- um, Darian Turner-Yell did play. He only ended up playing one snap, and Woody Washington's the best cornerback. Um, so obviously OU was hurt in the secondary. Texas took advantage. But if you're a football team and you ask for the perfect start to a game, it's going to be first place, a touchdown, a three and out, and then a blocked punt on the one yard line. And Texas got that. Um, and they still weren't able to capitalize. Uh, pressure on Casey Thompson is going to be key. Guarding um, Xavier, what's it? I can't remember his last name, the wide receiver. And then trying to stop Bijan Robinson, I think, are all going to be keys. Um, getting Texas behind early so they can't use Bijan Robinson as much because they're trying to play catch up, and then just running it down um, Texas's defensive line. Uh, I, re- I really like OSU's chances. Again, for me though, uh, as you know, I don't take things seriously though, so it's going to be Mike Gundy, um, his his level of suit versus Steve, Steve Sarkeesian's suit. Uh, I know Gundy usually doesn't go suit, so maybe it's his hairstyle that gets him the style advantage. Uh, whichever coach has best style going the game gets the win in my book, Calvin. Well, I, I think Gundy wins in that regard for sure. I, I, I think so least. too, but man, I was un, I was a little bit surprised Sarkeesian came in with a really cool suit. A little surprised I saw the suit action. Uh, we'll see what Gundy pulls out, but yeah, the mullet definitely gives him the advantage. Well, I got to say, so in the Big 12, um, Oklahoma State is the has the fourth leading rusher in like yards per game, as well as the 14th leading rusher in yards per game. Um, one, of course, is Jalen Warren, and the second there on the 14th is Spencer Sanders. Texas has the number one leader in rushing yards per game, but their quarterback is not on the list. So it's kind of a nice thing, or at least he's past number 25, or no, he's 18th, excuse me. But can we stop Bijan Robinson? And I would say the answer has got to be yes. Um, rushing yards uh, defensively, Oklahoma State's third best in the conference. And listen, we're splitting hairs here between number one with K-State, number two, Iowa State there, just right above us. Now, offensively, Texas definitely leads the conference in rushing yards per game. And that's what they were really, really good at um, until they played OU. And then when they played OU, they just didn't rush it as much. Casey Thompson was thrown all over the field against OU corners that were not in the game. Um, but at the same point, I 
I really like Oklahoma State going into this game. I do think, like Alexi said, this is the best time to be able to face off against them and not 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 have them coming off of an OU win. If they had just won that game, and this is a six thirty game, you know, Central Time or you know, night kickoff, that makes me much more worried than playing them at eleven AM for whatever reason it is. And I mean, we have to remember Texas has two losses. Like yeah. they they've still lost twice and I'm not necessarily saying Arkansas is bad, but my my friend Will actually texted me. Um, you know Will as well, Walter. He's friends with PJ. Um, Will texted oh, me. Oh, Will, yes. Yeah, Will texted me today and said, has Georgia played a good offense? And the answer is no. They just haven't. If you want to consider Arkansas a good offense because they put points up against Texas or because, yeah, Texas and Ole Miss. Boy, do I have news for you. Um, but, yeah, it, it like Arkansas was somehow just able to literally run all over them. Not somehow. We know why. They just ran all over them. And they dared them to throw the ball which is what probably, if I had to take a guess, that is probably what OSU is going to do. Well, I do like that for sure. I mean, if granted, if there's a team to run the ball in the Big 12, it's us. I mean, we have scored the fewest amount of touchdowns because we haven't had to. We've been able to run out the clock. We've been able to run the ball down other teams' throats and be able to win. Um, I, I do really, really hope here that... Oklahoma State can stay in the game um, by having the having the defense stop them. You know, lack of a better term, right? Like, we're going to have to hold Texas to a few amount of points. We're not going to outscore them. We haven't seen anything like that so far this season, except for in the opening half against K-State, where we were able just to kind of light them up. Yeah, I think something else to be pretty confident about going into this game is uh, OSU actually has won five of its last six in Austin. So it's not like they go down there and they just, you know, flip the switch and they're terrible. I think uh, with a veteran team like us, especially on defense, I think it's going to um, be well, vote us well because, I mean, how can you not come off a bye week like that? I, I'm, I'm super excited for this. I, I think uh, this will this could be a big win. Motivation going into that game against Iowa State. I know I'm not getting ahead of myself here, but um, I just really want to beat Texas too. I, I hope if this is our last game against Texas before they run the SEC, I hope this is the game that we just just kill them. Like, don't even give them a chance. Take it over. Don't yeah. Don't give them a chance. I mean, that's what uh, the, the offense likes to do. That the offense likes to keep these these teams in games because I mean. If, if we had an offense, imagine some of these scores on our schedule. Like, we'd be we'd be winning by twenty plus every game. We'd be Michigan. Yeah. Just kidding. Michigan's not that good. Yeah, it's pretty Michigan. Yeah. We but we'd we be should in the be top Baylor by twenty at least. We'd be in the top ten. Yeah, we would be in yeah. the top ten if we had won games more handily than we have. I think right, the right. I think the showing definitely, you know, helps or hurts in that factor. Now. Mm-hmm. Which I have for Boise you guys. State just yeah. beat BYU, which so. which helps I, us out. All that. Helps yeah. out, does help us out a little bit. I'm not mad about yeah. that at all. Um, I will say it's odd to me that OU moved up as much as they did after the game against Texas, and Texas moved down. That you know, like Texas was 21st, they moved down to 25. Grand, that still is a ranked matchup for us. Um, we're 12th in the country. We didn't move at all. I think that's right, honestly. In a bye week, how are you going to move up or down? Unless there's a ton of movement ahead of you. But OU moving up to four in the country after allowing 48 points from Texas. Just, I mean, and really allowing 48 points in total, but having that close to the game was a little peculiar. Did any of you guys think differently, or did OU rightfully move up since Alabama also lost and, yeah, moved behind them? Yeah, honestly, a lot of it to do with the numbers game because Penn State, who would have beaten Iowa if their quarterback hadn't gotten hurt? And Alabama both lost. So I think naturally it's that. But I think also a little bit has to do with. Once Caleb Williams came in the game, OU offense flipped. It looked like a lot, a much better offensive team. So I think naturally when the coaches pulling the AP poll, were, people that were voting in that were looking at that, I think they saw a second half OU team that was able to get pressure on Casey Thompson, stop the run, and then score at will. 
Um, so I think they were mainly going off the second half performance, uh, you know, right or wrong, uh, not to look at the full the full part of the game. But once Caleb Williams got in, I think the offense looked completely different. I think people took notice of that. And then also the factor that, you know, Alabama did lose. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. It's what a beautiful mystery this game is because Alabama loses to Texas A&M, who Texas A&M got trounced by Arkansas in Jerry's world. And then Arkansas goes to Georgia and gets beaten and loses to Ole Miss. Uh, so you just college football. I thought I was really worried Alabama was going to run away with it. Seems like they might not now. And, and Texas A&M is bad. Like they are objectively not very good. <laughs> Almost lost to Colorado. They, they they literally can't score points. And That's what makes me so mad B- because A and M isn't good, and they lost to B- they uh, beat Bama. So because A and M's in the SEC, oh, it's okay. It's just a drop in two spots because it's Alabama. It's just a bad. It's just a tough loss for Alabama. But like, if that was any other team, so let's say it was OSU or something or Oklahoma, they're gonna drop at least ten spots, and they literally lost to a bad SEC team. I don't think A and M's good either. An unranked SEC team. I mean, this isn't losing yeah. to number 17 Ole Miss or um, losing to even like a top 10. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're losing to Georgia where it's like, oh, do we even like, you know, do they, they switch spots? This is losing to an unranked team. And they only drop down four spots, which is laughable. The other thing I yeah. do have to say, though, that I think is very laughable when I look at the rankings is the teams that are ranked ahead of Oklahoma State. Um, in the standings that we couldn't figure out like how to be ranked higher than them. Um, yeah, how is Kentucky ranked ahead of OSU? SEC. SEC. Michigan State. And then even Oregon. Uh, yeah, just... Oregon's the one for me that I don't understand State. I don't understand it. Michigan State has actually beat decent opponents to me. So, so yeah. I will, I'll, I'll give it Michigan State. Michigan, though, no shot. Yeah. See, here's what makes me mad, though. Like, they always say, oh, a one-loss team might have a better advantage be, or should have a higher um, ranking at times because they've had the harder schedule or whatever, or they're in the SEC. And I think that's bull, that's bull crap because if you're in a Power 5 conference, you're, you're going to play good teams. They're not just some West, you know, Mountain West teams that are – seven and six at the end of the season where you're in a if you're in a power five conference you're playing good teams so if there's undefeated teams out there why are they not ahead of the teams that have lost like oklahoma state should be ahead of like screw ohio state they lost or i don't care if they lost to oregon or nebraska they shouldn't be ahead of us right now came pretty close to losing to tulsa too yeah yeah they were struggling for a while there so I don't know. I, I, I hate the system and especially for college football. I, I always rant about it in college basketball too, but especially for, for, for football, because there's so many teams out there that they'll always have like Alabama can afford to lose a game. Whereas Oklahoma state can't like, if we lose a game, they're not going to give us any benefit. Well, and I think the most frustrating thing for me is like one, these rankings, these aren't necessarily the people that are deciding, but it kind of gives you a, mm-hmm. a lens, but it also every year, you see what tendencies they're leaning towards every year. You always see what way that voters are starting to look because it's like you said, like, okay, Michigan state gets good. So we'll put them in the top 10. Michigan plays nobody and wins literally every game that they're supposed to and beats Rutgers by seven and goes up. But we get like OSU gets blasted, not blasted, but we don't move up as far because we beat a better team by less points. Yeah. They yeah. beat Rutgers. Rutgers. Who who was in the Big Ten for their women's basketball program? <laughs> you're right. That, I mean, you're was- not wrong there at all. I, I also think it's bizarre you have Ohio State move up a spot after last week just because like Penn State lost like I mean I know I know teams have to move up I know teams have to move down etc would much rather have in this situation I don't know a Michigan or Michigan State team move up why are why are the Big Ten teams besides Iowa not getting the respect um what's Iowa done you know I mean granted beating Penn State at home is incredible but like is it 
And I know we're splitting hairs here, but is it five spots better than Michigan Incredible? I don't know. Maybe. It just, Iowa two in the country seems, seems high. It seems like we're going to come back to this next year and go, yeah, it was kind of interesting when I was number two in the country there for a while because Ohio State had like a loss earlier on in the season and that wasn't that great. Kind of like how, I mean, just be honest, like how Iowa State was last year. Iowa State ended the season, topped in the country, and then all of a sudden they got a ton of, you know, postseason like, oh, maybe they're good, maybe they're good, whatever. When I went, well, Oklahoma State beat them and we weren't that great last year, so I don't think Iowa State's that good, right? And and for the record, my women's basketball comment was true because they have an elite women's basketball program. They, the point was do. their other their other sports are really bad. Yeah. There yeah. was no slight to, to women's basketball. Just wanted to make that apparent. Nah, you've already you've already you've already offended Greg Schiano enough, so you know <laughs> or Sean, a little apology. Sean Gleason. Sean Gleason for sure. Yeah. Well, what other games besides Alabama A&M, um, Grant, we had the OU Texas game, which we, I guess, got to talk a little bit more about here. Do, do we have more confidence in OU going forward or less confidence in them? Did that did that game show us anything we didn't already know about OU? Who's playing oh, quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a lot more confidence in OU now. Uh, yes, the secondary was a problem, uh, but like I said, there's injuries. Uh, you'd hope Woody Washington's going to come back. Uh, Turner Yell is going to come back, and I have a lot of faith in Caleb Williams now. Uh, the offense I was completely worried about, and now I'm not going to say I'm 100% there, sold on the offense, but it looked so much better with Caleb Williams in there. It, it did. I mean, the second half and, Texas and didn't have an answer. And having uh, Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito, they're, they're going to be able to get pressure on pretty much anybody. And you guys got your, well, I see you guys. And oh, you got there between the tackles running back Marcus Major back from, I think, I think suspension, I want to say, right? Acad- academic suspension. Very nice. Of course, Oklahoma <laughs> State plays OU in the last game of the season every single year after OU's guys who were suspended come off suspension and are healthy <laughs> and fresh and don't have any injuries, etc. It's just great. <laughs> just love it how OU's able to go, yeah, we've got like five, six guys suspended, but they come back every year right in time to play Texas and Oklahoma State. Hey, you might be lucky this year. You might get to play us twice. I would love I would love that opportunity. I would love that opportunity. Not because I think we'd win either game, just to be clear. Just because I think it'd be fun. And this year is probably the year where I go, I think our defense could actually do something against you guys. Whereas like last year, I thought our defense could, but I also knew in the back of my mind our offense would have to do something. This year, I have pretty much like 10% confidence our offense could keep up with OU in a game. I just have a lot more confidence in our defense being able to hold you guys. And our and our run game is pretty good. I mean, it, after the first game, whatever happened against Missouri State, that was bizarre. But since then, our run game has been pretty darn decent. Um, and, of course, it was amazing against Boise State. They had no answer for us at all. Just ran the ball down their throats in the second half to win the game. Ran out the clock. I completely forgot about the Missouri State game. Shout out Patino. Uh, Coach Bobby Petrino. Still coaching somewhere. Or Petrino. I'm sorry. Did I say Petrino, yeah. man. Yeah. It's been a long day. Same thing. We had, same. Calvin, we had mean, tornadoes this morning. Hey, oh, we're, yeah, we're, splitting, we're splitting hairs between the crimes. So it's not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I meant to ask this question since we moved. Because I said last week that I wanted to wait to see what happened between Texas and Oklahoma before I make a decision about how I feel about OSU. Um, So our probably main goal at this point is to play what we should be doing every year, but this year especially is play in the big 12 championship and go to the Sugar Bowl, right? Like if OU doesn't lose and makes it to the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walter, is that? Do you think that's probably right on track? I would say that you got you guys are undefeated. Go beat OU and go make the college football playoffs. I think OSU runs. I'm, you got to be realistic. I understand that, but OSU, <laughs> I think, is now at that where is at that stage in college football where they're going to be competing. They should be competing for national championships 
probably every five, six, seven years. I think, I think that that should be the goal. That should be the aspiration is to go into OU game undefeated and then try to sneak out two wins. Well, I would love for it to be the aspirations to be that, but I think the aspirations right now is every two to two to four years winning the Big Twelve, especially hey, especially after OU and Texas leaves. OU and Texas leave, and then Oklahoma State's not in the competition for the Big Twelve championship every year. That's that's a real harsh reality that I hope we don't have to deal with. But right now, like competing for college football playoff spot, just seems seems tough when we haven't done it since the cultural playoffs have been around hey but why not this year though i mean i i know there's a lot to to happen the rest of the season but i mean the de- the defense you know it's gonna be a, a while until we have this good of a defense again i mean we can't expect this defense to be the same every year and we're probably we're losing a lot of guys um from it this year so i mean I just, the, the biggest thing, I keep going back to it, like, if we could reverse this team offensively with, like, the 2017 team and then the defensive team with this year's team, put those teams together, that'd be incredible. Like, I wish, we, I wish both both offense and defense could be that legit part, but the offense is just what kind of, you know, holds you back a bit where you're like, yeah, you want to think that way, but can they get it done in the big games And we, we haven't seen it as, as, as much as we'd like right now. I know Baylor was our toughest opponent so far. So I think we'll see a lot in the next two weeks. We have Texas and then Iowa state coming up. So, you know, one thing I didn't think we'd be saying right now during the season, SMU six and zero, only undefeated team left in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. I just, just want to throw that For in sure. there. I mean, I'm just, I know it's completely segueing into another topic here, but the other games that caught my eye from this past weekend, besides um, besides SMU beating Navy by seven, was of course the Notre Dame victory over Virginia Tech, granted by three, and uh, Michigan Nebraska. Michigan almost lost that game. In fact, they probably should have um, if Tate Tate Martell Tate Martinez, excuse me, uh, or Adrian Martinez. Man, I'm off no. today. Adrian Martinez. Um, doesn't throw an interception or a fumble. I forget which one it was. I fumbled it, right? Um, trying to get a couple extra yards and then gave Michigan the opportunity to go down and score and feel a little win. It's just bizarre. And I will say, Arkansas is one garbage two-point play away from beating Ole Miss. Like, hey, by the way, you guys have a quarterback that's 6'5", 250, but you're going to run a bootleg pass? I'm, I'm not... Am I crazy here? Did anybody else see how bad the play was? It's a college football problem. It's always on the two point conversion. They do a bootleg to the right and the quarterback ends up backing up to like the 10 yard line. And you're just making the two point conversion that much harder. I remember when TCU did it a couple years ago against OU to try to win that game. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I agree with you, Jake. It's just, it the, seems like you're look. limiting the field. And then not only that, you're taking, you're making the pass longer. And they'll let people like scramble side come down unblocked. It does. I don't. I'm telling you, if you're running, if you're going to pass on a two point conversion, you need to run what Clemson does every time a pick play and just try not to get the offensive pass interference. It's a rub. If you're a receiver, a rub, a rub, a rub. Walter's too used to the basketball terminology. Walter and Alexi have ran me in the pick and roll, like spin cycle 5 million times playing pickup hoops. Granted, pick and granted, I don't know how, but Jonathan or Scotty have been on my team, not you guys. So what are we doing here? But they've, yeah, they've definitely ran a pick and roll instead of a rub route against me. Um, I, the the uh, the one other game I want to touch on here is the uh, Penn State Iowa game as well. Did you guys have any big takeaways besides the fact that I mean, there's one good quarterback in the game and one bad quarterback in the game. Um, and the good quarterback was Sean Clifford, and the bad quarterback was Taquan Robertson, who came in for Penn State after uh, Clifford went down with an injury and has maybe the worst QBR I've ever seen in a game. I mean, the guy averaged 1.6 yards passing. That's pretty hard to do. Pretty darn hard to do. Yeah, I, was, I watched the rest. So I turned it on, like, right as that as – Cl- is, it, is it Clifford, their yeah. starter? Yeah. He, as yeah. soon as he got hurt, the whole game changed, like – Iowa's defense just killed their back their backup guy. Like he had no chance. He could barely throw it. Um, they knew they were they were waiting for the run the whole time. So, I mean, 
I think Penn State was actually looking really good up until the injury. So I think they probably would have won. I mean, who knows? Iowa still could have came back, but Iowa definitely benefited off that injury and, and took advantage of it and ended up winning. But I don't know. Iowa, Iowa seems interesting. They they're in a they're in a position where they they control their own destiny too. And I mean, they look solid on defense, but I'm not too convinced about their offense. They look they looked a little sketchy at times. If if Penn State wins out. You have to imagine that they go to the playoff, right? Penn because State you have, you, or Iowa? Yeah, Penn State. Because if you, like, anybody who watched the game would tell you that if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, they probably win. There's a above 50% chance that they still win if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt. Yeah, and but- if they go, if they go back and, I mean, I was probably already clinched the Big Ten West. Because it's terrible. So if they go back and play Iowa again and beat them, then they go to the playoff, right? I, I think we're all probably in agreement there. De- definitely. Penn State's defense was very – I was very impressed by them too. Their defense was really, really good. Um, and they, I was looking at their schedule. They have – I mean, everything's in front of them. They have really tough games coming up. So if they do win out, they definitely have a shot. They're going to play – they still have to play at Ohio State. They play Michigan and then at Michigan State. So, I mean, if they can win their their division, but yeah, Iowa seems to have it locked up on that other side. It's that 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 division's awful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's like the worst division in college football. Uh, okay, they are one of the worst, but Nebraska's not as bad as their record shows. They lost to a really good OU team. Uh, they should have beaten Michigan. Granted, yeah, but, but during Illinois- that game. Illinois in there. Oh yeah, was, Illinois, yeah. Northwestern, and yeah. Purdue. Yeah, and yeah, Minnesota is taking a step back under Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Yeah, no, I agree there. Yeah, I mean, there's Granted, a though, couple Saturday of good teams in every every conference, every division, but Big Ten West is. I mean, it's yeah, what, it's pretty much bad. Iowa and. Nebraska, who's granted like not the worst team in the country, but they're three and four, so they're not one and three in conference. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Calvin, I was going to bring this up. I thought we were doing the catch up, but uh, Saturday night, a little fuzzy for me. I went to uh, listen to a nice, very, uh, very nice mariachi band and had uh, one too many pina coladas, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. We we're going to talk about we we're going to talk about th- those drinks. But, you know, that's that's OK. Sobered up just in time to watch uh, A&M win. And then, unfortunately, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder taking the loss to Tyson Fury. What a fight. What a fight. Not to derail. I guess Alexia and Jake know my MO is to derail the podcast. And that's all, that's all I'm trying to do here, guys. Hey, we, we got to love it. We got to love it. Uh, you randomly were thrown at the podcast very last minute um, because I got my time. Right, I'm loving it. Up. Um, dealing we with, also forgot uh, to give we, we forgot to give Will a shout out. Will just got engaged. Will shout just out got to engaged. Will. So shout out to Will. Yeah, Will we'll see engaged. if Jake... We'll, We'll, well see if Jake well, and I get well, an invite to that well, wedding. Or well, maybe Walter, that could be Jake's Walter, plus one. We'll Walter, work on that. Walter, Walter. Yeah, got, calm down. Slow down. We gave Will a props before we gave my guy Jake a props for getting engaged. Jake actually got engaged. Oh, whoa. That's, that's, that's why I was in New York. So, wow. That's, wow. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. So, so immediately, yeah. so I did the proposal. Same day as Will. Immediately after... Um, I, and they're like, what do you want to do? And Diana's like, I just like want to eat like sugar. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine, but we're going to go watch football. So that's where I got to watch. Those are the only two games I watched all day were Ole Miss, Arkansas and Oklahoma, Texas. So I, I got pretty lucky that those were the two games that I got to watch um, for that early slate because uh, my sister's boyfriend, Matt was actually, he went to Penn state. So he was, he had the game pulled up on his phone. Um, I would have fallen asleep. I was already very tired, uh, mentally exhausted. And I would have fallen asleep if I watched Penn state, Iowa. So I'm so glad that I did not have to watch that game. Yeah. You, you know, just to piggyback off of that, Iowa, I think, is like the perfect 2000 team, right? Where they've got like 18 interceptions on the year. And and back in 2000 or 99, that actually might be enough to, to make it through and win a national championship. The defense is that impressive. But uh, 
Yeah, I think at some point someone's going to steamroll and put 50 on them. I don't know. Maybe it's the Big Ten title game because, like Jake said, the schedule is terrible except playing uh, Nebraska. That's it. That's left on schedule. Play Minnesota, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue. And, and, and for the record, Walter is only saying Nebraska because Oklahoma played them. I never said Nebraska. Nebraska's <laughs> playing pretty good ball. They gave OU a good run, and obviously the second half of the OU-Texas game, OU looks pretty good. Walter, so let me ask you this. I want to get this question in then, Walter, about OU. Oh. Of, the, of the OU teams that you've seen over the past 10 years, is this one of the worst? I mean, because you, you, I'm, not, I'm not saying one of the worst is like necessarily a bad thing. OU's won the conference like however many years in a row. You've had Heisman Trophy ceremony finalists or winners mm-hmm. basically every single year. So saying like the worst is not that bad in comparison, right? But for an OU standard, is this team so far as we've seen play through, what, six games, is it one of the worst? Do you have that much confidence on you to make it to the national championship this year? Yeah, I I mean, Calvin, you're forgetting Landry Jones took OU to the Sun, the Brute Sun Bowl one year. Um, Was that 10 years ago? Nah, it might have been. T- it, you know what? We're getting up there. So it might have been. Uh, there was a, a Blake Bell year that was that was pretty bad. Uh, last year, last year was 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 two losses. Um, you know the offense isn't as good as Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. But man, if if Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield had this defense, I think they would have won the national championship. So yes, I have to take points away from the offense, but I've got to give points to the defense. Calvin, you're shaking your head. I understand Texas had a lot of points. Yeah, the very 48. beginning, there was 48. 14 points in the blink of an eye off mistakes that I don't think are going to happen in a normal football game. So okay, you so have to take right. 14 points off the board. Walter, okay. can you okay. just say and that your secondary was hurt? Can you just say that your front seven's good? The secondary sucks. They sucked uh, like against I said, Tulane. They sucked yeah. against Nebraska. And they sucked yeah. against well, them. Like I said, yeah, front, they're <laughs> able to get pressure. Like I said, secondary's hurt. You hope with Woody Washington coming They're back bad. and Turner, Turner Yell coming back, who haven't played since week one or well, whenever, so they, whatever. Did they been play hurt. against Tulane? I don't remember. I think they got hurt in the Tulane game, or maybe they got hurt in the uh, the game where we the the pay per view game. I think this defense and 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 it's just under Grinch. The defense gets better as the season goes along, anyways. But I think this defense is better than what it has been. Well, guys, come back. Take from it for suspended. what it's ended. <laughs> Walter, uh, well, Ramondre Stevenson, the, Ramond, was, Ramondre uh, Stevenson, I think that's his name, right? He was like a yeah, single-digit number. Patriots. Yeah, he plays for the Patriots. Yeah, he plays for the Patriots. So him on offense last year literally right. ran over Oklahoma State's defense. We had no answers was, for him the entire game. It was horrendous. Well, like, remember remember that first touchdown where Rattler, or maybe it was the second touchdown where Rattler broke uh, that guy's ankles mm-hmm. right into the end zone. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Caleb, Caleb Williams is twice as good at doing that. So, you know, if you're, if you're worried about Rattler breaking ankles. No, no, no. I'm, my my whole th- my whole my whole thing here is, listen. Oklahoma State did not stand a chance against OU last year, but also we thought we were playing a. I thought we were playing a different OU team than we ended up playing. I thought we were playing an OU team that lost to K State and Iowa State last year. Oh right? yeah, and yeah, that is that was in the first five games of the season before you had three main guys who crushed Oklahoma State come back from I believe suspension and injuries. So so. Listen, Alex Grinch's defense does get better every single year. I'm not questioning that whatsoever. But he also has his players who are elite players come back from drug suspension or suspensions of some type. Like, we can't get away from the fact that, like, if, I, if I'm proud to be an OSU fan, I'm proud because at least, like, whenever we have guys who have issues, they're off the team. Okay, well, first off, their only players that are on suspension right now are Seth McGowan and uh, Mikey Henderson. They've been booted from the team. Okay, there's hey, no there one on defense. There there's no one on defense that's under suspension. Mar- well, Marcus Majors they had armed robbery. Oh well, yeah, armed robbery. <laughs> so Marcus Majors was an academic suspension, and so yes, he came back. He's going to be the third string back. And so we'll see what happens there if he actually gets in. Other than that, it's injuries. Um, I remember. I think it was. Ramondre Stevenson, and you're right. There was someone else last year on the defensive side that was suspended. But uh, he was this like a year, defensive end in like a single digit. I want to say I like number it, nine or was number it, seven. Was it not Benito? It wasn't Ronnie Perkins. I don't. And think. it was Perkins. It, might have been Ronnie no, it, was, it, it was, was Perkins. Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, it was Perkins Ronnie Perkins. Came back yeah, and just yeah. 
There's no Ronnie Perkins on suspension and on this defense right now. Okay. Okay. Well, see, that Woody Washington better. is is injured, and he's an elite cornerback. Um, you know, he's got the size. He's able to shut down wide receivers. And he's got the speed. He's hurt. So yes, there is one elite defensive player that I think will come back and have a major impact. And Turner Yell, but Turner Yell did play one. It's a little up in the air. And now we're getting even less information now that those OU student reporters went into the building at the very top floor to see who's taking snaps. So it's even harder to get information now, even though it was harder to begin with. So I'm not really sure what's going on with him. Um, I think there's I think he's still injured and he re-hurt his hamstring in the couple plays that he played. Listen, before we talk about some uh, postseason baseball here, I just have one more thing to throw in about OU. Walter, I sent it to you in a Instagram message here. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but as of the moment, if you look up Spencer Rattler through the OU students database, he does not exist. <laughs> so, okay. So I do have a reference. I asked Will about it and apparently you can choose to not be in the student database. Okay. So, so I didn't like start the podcast but, with but that information, al- but that's, that's no, what it's now. but he also said he still could be transferring. I have no idea. So Rattler's but dad- just in response to that. Good. Okay. So cool. yeah. a couple conflicting things. You saw Rattler tweet out, you know, six and oh, really good work there. His dad told the student section that, Hey, their number one priority right now is, the season, and then come January 11th, the day after a national championship, supposedly, if OU gets there, then they'll see about if they want to stay at OU, transfer, or go to the pros. He's transferring uh, to Ole Miss. What? He is? No, it, it's the perfect place for another egomaniac. Oh, well, I... No, okay. Caleb Williams okay. is going to take thought, his job, and he'll transfer. Yeah, okay, well, I thought you were actually breaking news there, but... You said that so, like, assured-wise. <laughs> I was like, also, oh, it's you, happening, you can, okay. You can, you can see video where it's like he is going off with, like, a handler into the locker room when they're taking the big, you know, OU Texas photo. And then also, once that gets released, all the video for him, the QB1 show he was on on Netflix, where his wide receiver literally told him, like, you've literally said nothing nice to me, and all you do is shit on me all day. Nice. And so and so when he threw that interception where we don't know if Stogner ran the ran, wrong route or Rattler thought the wrong route, but you could just see he was just teeing off on Stogner. Um, it just made it seem like, you know, I hate to be cliche and agree with, you know, what everyone's saying, that it seems like the team responded better to Caleb Williams, but it kind of really does seem like that. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not uh, OU hater per se. You can ask Calvin. I really could care less um, because I didn't grow up an OU, OSU fan, so I don't really have like ill will. I hate like Michigan, you know, um, but I, for the life of me, I can't sit there and think that people would want to play with Spencer Rattler even before he got his job taken. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine that there are a lot of people at OU that are like, this guy is it. Cause he just seems like such a jerk. <laughs> like he really does. And it, yeah. it, it, and it runs out on playing too. Cause it seems like there's plays that he could try to make, but he's not going to, cause he's worried you know, it'll make him look bad. He's afraid to really kind of reach out. and. So I, and, I said and, that today. I, I feel like he's worried about his stats right. more than, he's, than he is about winning the game when in reality you have to have both. Like in order for Oklahoma to win, Spencer Rattler also usually needs to play well. Like they're not – like he's not Patrick Mahomes – He's not throwing for 800 yards and the defense gives up 900. Like he, he's sitting pretty good and he's still, you know, I'm not a college quarterback. I never have been one, but I like, I can't sit here and imagine that he's a very enjoyable guy to be around. Yeah. His days at OU are all but over. I don't think there's any chance he's, he's back. No way. Only I can see is that he plays some more snaps the rest of the season to kind of like a safe face, save image, likeness, all type of stuff. Because if you're Lincoln Riley, like what's your, you know, what's your pitch going to be in the quarterback room for other guys if other guys come in, right? Like let's say, just just throwing out an example, and I'll just finish the point here kind of full laps. As, you know, if you're recruiting a guy who's a five-star, why doesn't, you know, you're the, you're the parents, 
And you're asking Lincoln Riley, like, hey, well, if my son comes here, what what's going to stop another guy from transferring in and taking his job or whatever spot, all this type of stuff, whatever. Riley might be able to refer to, well, listen, like, Rattler, you know, we, we saw Caleb Williams had the talent, had the experience, et cetera, but we still played Rattler out the whole season and want to make sure to do right by our players when we recruit them, what we promised them to do. The reason being why Rattler, I think, will still see some time and minutes is, like, oh, he's playing TCU this weekend, right? The next big game for OU is Iowa State or is Oklahoma State. So it's not, like, I think we'll see some Rattlers, my point. It'll be a safe and face type, a safe image type of thing. And just to end it, because I know this is an OSU podcast, but the OU does have um, TCU, uh, Kansas, Texas Tech. That's going to be the easier schedule. And then a bye week before they have to go into Baylor, uh, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. So that gives them four weeks of getting things right with Caleb Williams. Very true. All right. Well, oh, well, Calvin, thing. I also I, I don't mean to interrupt because I'm going to let you guys talk about your baseball. My phone is dying. One last thing I needed to catch up on with you before I, uh, you know, hit the hit the good old end button on my phone here. Um, if you took a poll and said who is the o- former OSU basketball player voted most likely to be arrested for a federal crime, I think hands down Tony Allen wins it. And guess what? He got arrested. I I was actually not going to go. Tony Allen, I was going to go Stevie Clark because he technically was. Oh, yeah, that's player. a good one. That's um, a good one, too. I mean, the guy was peeing out of a car window <laughs> on, like, the biggest street in Stillwater, like, during the bar scene. Like, this wasn't, like, I don't know. Um, and Tony Allen, like, I love Tony NBA Allen. Thing, I love him to death, like, but, I mean, that, that whole weird NBA thing. We'll, we got to hear more news about what Yeah, we'll talk there. about it. We'll ta- yeah, that we'll was talk about 18 it later. players spreading four, $4 million total, like, it's a lot Just of money no matter a, what, but there's some go sign a G League contract, like go play G League for a year if you want oh. that. Just, just play in the, play in the <laughs> big three just, tournament or whatever. Yeah, it is, like, you know, oh, like, yeah, I'd what love are it. you doing? Right. So, all right, so much, well, Calvin, well. it's great catching up with you. Oh, yeah. Of course. Bye, everyone. All right, yeah, bye. All right. Well, um, with Walter leaving us here for the time being, um, I do want to ask you guys, of course, about baseball. Uh, Alexi, I had the opportunity to go see. The Cardinals unfortunately lose um, the way they did. Now, granted, I mean, it was one of the cooler MLB games to see in person, see live. I mean, not many stories happen like that. Baseball is kind of romantic in that regard, but a lot of other things we talk about with it. We do have some good news, though, is that Jake's Braves won. So they get to play uh, the next round against either the winner of the Dodgers-Giants, um, which is tomorrow night on the And I 14th. did say, I said Braves and four. That you was my right. prediction. Oh yeah, had a right. Um, I don't, I don't remember what I said to the other series, but yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, Alexi, why is Giovanni Gallegos not a closer? No, he is. Uh, so okay, you know so he is. All, you know the backstory <laughs> to it. It's kind of well. He really. So here's how. Here's how it goes. He was not the closer to start the year. Reyes was the whole year, and then like. End of no, I, I, it was right after he blew. Reyes kept blowing games closer to September, so Gallegos took over like right as September started, right around then. So he, he was he was our he's our main guy the rest of the way. Um, how they used the whole playoff game was frustrating, uh, but Gallegos should absolutely be the question. No, no question should be the closer going forward. No questions I, like, asked. 100%. I, I can't imagine, because I was sitting there going, okay, Giovanni Gallegos, I thought they were just going to leave him in. I didn't Did think hear, they were going to take... What happened? No. So I was wondering the same thing. I was like, why the hell would you leave him in? He, didn't, he barely pitched. So apparently something happened with his pitching, with his right finger. Some I don't remember which one, but his pitching finger... Um, uh, something with his nail. Um, evidently, is bad enough where he couldn't pitch. So didn't they he throw put, like he threw like six pitches or something yeah, like that? Right? Yeah, I know. So I'm like, what? How the heck did he hurt his nail in six pitches? So apparently that happened. I don't know if it's actually true. I would assume it is because, like I said, he only pitched. He only had six pitches. Uh, but um, Shill after the game said they took him out because of that, but they wanted him to go out there to act like he was pitching. So that the one the Dodgers, uh, I don't know who was going to be up, but 
they wanted to announce the batter so that right. they used him and then they brought out um, a lefty to face the next guy. So that's what happened behind that. Yeah, I I mean, we don't, we don't need to go over um, Braves-Cardinals games this year because we didn't get the Cardinals when they were very good. Um, but like... It was frustrating for me because I'm going for the Cardinals. I despise both teams, um, but I despise the Dodgers more. And I still like a lot of the players that play for both teams. Like, that doesn't change. But I was sitting there going, there's no way they bring in Alex Reyes into this game. Like, that was that was in my head because I legitimately saw this dude walk in five straight runs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he threw six, like 16 straight balls. And I don't know. Like, I know he's young and I know he's probably going to be pretty good. I don't think he's a bullpen guy, which I don't think you probably do either. He's probably going to be a starter at some point. Um, Cause wasn't he starting earlier this year? He was supposed to be a starter to, to begin the career, his career. He did. He started a couple of games, got hurt. He was hurt for like two years, at least maybe three. And then they decided to bring him back on a bullpen type role so this is he, year. Is he on the Chapman trajectory? I think I think they'll try to have him as a starter next year. I do think they will try that. I think that's the next goal. I think that's what their next um, project with him will be. But yeah, there's no way he should have been in that in that situation, especially for how he's, he, he blew like four or he gave up four or five home runs to player to teams like in September. And he just wasn't like, and he wasn't ready for that. Like he, he had lots of times this year where he just blew up and yeah, he had a great first half made the all-star game, but after the all-star, after the all-star game, totally different pitcher. Um, should have not definitely should have not been in that situation. And everyone on um, Cardinal Twitter, everyone on that I talked to was saying no way he should have been there. Stupid to throw him in that role, and it it came back and to what, hurt us. And what was the first thing I said? Yeah, why choice, are you choice word, choice word, choice word, choice word. Alex yeah. Reyes, choice word, choice, yeah. choice word, choice word. And but I didn't. Yeah, it, like you're giving up front side breaking ball pitches to right handed batters. And what what's so frustrating is Chris Taylor was like seven for like seventy two. And he was ice cold. So to to let him win it off you like that is like not not even like their big guys didn't even do anything. Like like their their main guy like Turner, um, Seeger, Mookie, and then you f it up because you bring in Alex Reyes and he's giving up a breaking ball right down the middle. I mean, yeah, and that thing was just like. I mean, he was sitting like, on it. Um, but what, so I was actually surprised about both the series that are already over the White Sox and the Astros. Um, I was surprised that the Astros kicked the crap out of the White Sox. Like it wasn't even a series. And I was surprised that the Braves beat the Brewers the way that they did. Basically, the Braves game plan was what the Brewers thought their game plan was going to be, which was we're going to score a couple of runs because our pitching is better than yours. And it turned out neither was the case because I thought the White Sox would win that series because of their pitching and they got absolutely crushed. And I thought the Braves would win because of their hitting and they won because of their pitching. So I don't know what y'all's takes about that is, but it seemed pretty um opposite from what i expected what uh giovanni wasn't fully healthy um pitching for which for the white Sox, he was like 75 percent i think it was i mean good that he lasted as long as he did in what game four right in the clincher so rodon rodon yeah am i saying this all wrong um then you said giovanni or something yeah um either way yeah carlos rodon I'll have to look it up here and see what maybe I'm that's what you're thinking. Up. But yeah, I, I bet that is. Um, it's it's just one of those things where like I thought the White Sox would be um, 
in yeah. the series a little bit, but then as they as the Astros went up, I looked and was like, you know, the White Sox didn't like their division isn't good. So they also played in another division, and we talked about that for a while too, right? Like the Central is just not good. I love that everybody's coming back around that the AL Central is just not very good after they yeah. Yeah. they they pooped all over the NL East all year. Oh my God, that division sucks. Okay, that's fine. But so, but it was the White Sox have the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah. the The series that I was pretty confident in was the Braves one. And I say that because I've seen them. I saw how bad the Brewers were to end the season. So that was the one, the other series I'll very briefly summarize, but Braves and Brewers, I saw that coming because the Brewers bats were just ice cold. Like when the Cardinals were hot, we, we won like seven of our eight games against them. And they just, they just didn't look the same. Their pitching was obviously so good, but the bull as soon and they lost Delvin Perez or I'm sorry, Delvin Williams, right? Devin um, Williams. Devin Williams. Devin, I'm thinking of a guy for the Cardinals. Devin Williams. Um, yeah, uh, was a huge blow to that. Like that's that was a main piece to that bullpen, and that killed them. I think. I mean, I don't think it was like the main reason why they lost the series, but it definitely you know that that put the toll on your bullpen when one of your key guys is out. So I think the Brewers' lack of offense was going in was was definitely. Um, a warning sign to them, and they they showed it. The Braves took advantage of it. They pitched Max Freed looks like a beast. I I like him a lot. He looks really good. Yeah. Um, but I think the Braves. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for them the rest of the way. I, I don't like any other teams left in it. And I was gonna tell you yesterday, Jake, but I was gonna wait till till now. I think the Dodgers winning yesterday was actually really good. I know you still want the Giants, but the Dodgers Giants having to throw their two best guys now for game five is a major advantage to you guys yeah. because Webb's been on fire. Urias has been amazing. So, I mean, Webb, they have Webb, to pitch another game. You know. Webb, Webb killed us in the regular season. And I will say, so the Brewers scored six runs in four games. They Jeez. were shut out twice. Rowdy Telez had four of their RBIs on two home runs. Wow. That's he had two, he had two two-run home runs, so game one was two to one, hmm. which I actually wasn't expecting to win that game because Corbin Burns was pitching. But my question was, we threw Charlie Morton in game one and game four. Why did they not throw Corbin Burns in game four? That was surprising. Yeah, for a must-win game. Best guy all year. I mean, and and Eric Lauer didn't pitch poorly by any means, but yeah, I think that was just surprising. Now I will say, Freddie Freeman hitting that home run off Hater—that is his first—that is Hater's first and last home run given up this year to a left-handed hitter. Wow, that's awesome. Because because he is the best closer in baseball. Yeah, and the crappy part is. If you're the Brewers, that game probably goes to nine innings if Devin Williams is not hurt because he's pitching there, not Josh Hader. Yeah, for sure. And everyone said everyone said that Hader was going to come out or that was going to stay, but I think he was coming out because he was the next he was the next spot. He was the next hitter. Well, hey, um, so. you know, I mean, I, th- I think the Braves didn't get a chance against. The Giants or the Dodgers, just because, like Alexi said, they have to pitch their best players here uh, tomorrow night in Game Five, winner take all. But with that being said, we've got the hour mark here at the podcast, so probably time to wrap it up a little bit. Do want to ask you guys your Oklahoma State versus Texas score predictions here for this weekend, real quick, before we do wrap it up here. So, Alexi, you got OSU Texas. What's the score? Oh, I've got OSU. I'm not going against them this week. I, I feel really good going into this game. Like I said, the bye week, I can't say that enough. I'm saying final score, OSU defense continues to, to 27-23 final, OSU. All right, Jake? I have 28-24. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than you guys do, but... Um, saying Oklahoma State finds a defensive touchdown or two. Maybe we'll need more, but I think we're going in the 30s, so I'm going to say 35-28. A more conventional score, you know? Only touchdowns were scored yeah. in this game. Okay. Uh, okay. 
but of course bold oklahoma state yeah you know i i don't know feeling bold here about this team so with all that being said thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the cj tour podcast uh, please follow the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more and uh, watch the shows on YouTube. You can see how many times I laugh at myself and make fun of others without knowing what I'm talking about. It's always a good time. So thank you guys again. I'll talk to you soon.